from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Syracuse at UNC this weekend. You know what Syracuse is doing? They are protecting their momentum against the changeup that is Syracuse basketball. UNC has really climbed in, in uh, up higher and higher and higher in my like legitimacy estimation, right? My how legit are they? Well, right now much more legit than they were 5 games ago. 5 games ago they were coming off back-to-back losses to Yukon and Kentucky. They then ripped off five consecutive wins, including against number seven Oklahoma, Pitt, Clemson, and most recently NC State. But here's the reason why they're more legit to me. They did it with their defense. And as much as I love offense and offense wins games, and I mean, we know defense wins championships, right? And, and do you know what else we know about defense? It slumps a lot less often. Great shooting teams have cold shooting nights. There aren't many, like, great defensive teams that, I don't know, I got the yips. I can't play defense tonight. Right. Man, I don't know how to close out. Normally, I make these closeouts, but today they're just clanking off the left side of the rim. Like, that doesn't happen, (laughs) right? Normally, I keep guys in front of me, but today I just, I can't make the right read. That doesn't happen. Like, defense is more slump-proof. Now, if there is a concern for this weekend, Syracuse can be weird. Right, they they may not be as weird as they were under Jim Beheim when it was like two three zone till we die, but they're still weird. They still play a lot of two three zone. They're still lanky. They're still looking for tips in the in the passing lane, and and the easiest way to beat Syracuse is something that I'm not sure UNC has. The easiest way to beat Syracuse is to have multiple knockdown shooters. Right, you get it into the teeth of whatever zone they're playing. They collapse, and and then whoever's in the middle has to make the reads and kick out to open three-point shooters. UNC is a solid shooting team, don't get me wrong, but I think they'll have to work harder to beat that pesky Syracuse zone than some other teams. Like R.J. Davis, wherever he is, they're going to know where he is. Who else? Is it going to be Cormac Ryan? Is it going to be someone like Harrison Ingram? Who's going to be the other guy that that can knock down threes and keep that defense moving? Because you got to move it side to side, you got to get it into the teeth of the, the zone, and then you got to be ready to knock down jumpers when you swing. Here's what's on the line, though. If UNC takes care of business at home, by the way, they take care of business at home against Syracuse. You're a top three team in the country, and that matters. That matters. Uh, why? Because it builds up margin of error, right? If you're a top three team in the country and you lose a hard-fought game in the ACC, you're the eighth team in the country. If you're the eighth team in the country and you lose, you're the uh, 19th team in the country, right? What you're doing is you're building yourself up a cushion to still be a legitimate contender, to still be one of those top four or five seeds in the NCAA tournament, to still be uh, up there with the best of the best. You can lose games and still be good. It's why the preseason polls matter. I I, I hate every single year when, when the preseason top 25 comes out in any sport and you talk about who's snubbed, who's high, whoa, look at this team, and then, then immediately you get the 900 people telling you, it doesn't matter, it's a preseason poll. I'm going, well, it is where you started. And if you lose and you're fourth in the preseason poll, you fall to 11th. If you lose and you're unranked, you fall even further unranked, and it's a longer trip up. To use the ACC example, Duke was number two in the country in the preseason poll, right? 
They had a really rough November and early December. They fell to like 22. Other teams with that exact same situation uh, would have fallen to the 75th. So now Duke's turned it around. They're playing better. They're back up near the top 10, might be top 10 by the time that the, rating, the rankings are updated, and they're set up for a nice little run here down the end of the year. And most of that is because where they were preseason. UNC getting up into the top three does that same thing, but just the midseason equivalent, so there's less time for you to mess it up. It matters. It matters. So go win this one, and then, you know, don't uh, – what, what did Nick Saban say? We'll, we'll use him. Don't uh, uh, eat the rat poison, right? Don't start feeling yourself too much. But it matters. I'm all about getting the ACC as many as many top seeds and as many teams in the NCAA tournament as possible. We're not getting much help from the bottom of the division or the bottom of the conference. Clemson's on a three-game skid, just got smoked by Virginia Tech, thought they were going to be in. Miami just got beat by Louisville. Ugh, thought Miami was going to be one of the ones we could depend on. So I don't know who we're depending on yet, but I know North Carolina needs to be a top seed. They're, they're kind of a flag bearer for the conference right now. Needs to happen. Like rat poison. <laughs> there's, there's Nick Saban. I think anyone calls him Nicky. They should now. Nicky Saban. Now he's not coach. Do you still call him coach? I don't call – like, I try not to call people that weren't my coach coach, but it's so natural when you're interviewing them. You're like, hey, what's up, coach? It's it's confusing one. The- this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. NC State at Louisville. NC State is, is in desperate need. This is why I'm describing it. Desperate need of a get-back game. Hard loss to UNC, right? One of those losses that makes you look in the mirror a little bit, right? Things were going so well. You're undefeated in the ACC. If you win that game, you're atop the ACC standings. The last remaining undefeated. You probably let your minds wander a bit. Uh, you you had you had. I mean, to be completely honest, at times you had UNC on the ropes, right? Two point game at half. Stayed with them for the early parts of the second half. You end up losing by 13. You start to ask like the where did we go wrongs, right? And that's never a great question. Where did we go wrong? It's an important question, but it's never a fun one to have. So you need a little bit of a get-back game. And luckily for you, Louisville is waiting there saying, did somebody order a get-back game? Go on the road to Louisville and get your mojo back. That's, that's what needs to happen. Go on the road to Louisville, get your mojo back, get the smiles back on your face. And just for the record, yes, I know Louisville beat Miami in their last game, uh, and I was wildly surprised when I saw that result. But please do not let one game distract you from the first 14 of their season. They stink. Miami got caught, right? They, they didn't show up ready to play, and, and Louisville had a, had a solid game, and, and it happens occasionally. College basketball, right? You're depending on 19- to 23-year-olds. It happens. But getting your groove back is still something that, that 
NC State should go into this, right? In just about every ACC game that you play, the goal is singular, tunnel vision. It's 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 by itself. It's easy to, to comprehend. In just about every ACC men's basketball game, the goal is get the win by any means necessary. No style points, no side quests, no anything else. You walk away with a win, smile on your face. Outside of like a major injury or something that made Tinja win, you, you go get the win. Occasionally. Rarely, I would say even. Once in a blue moon. There's a unique situation when you can have some other small goals because you do, even though no coach will ever admit it, no player will ever say it out loud because their coach would get mad, you do assume the win. Right? You, you say things like, if we do what we know we can do, we should have no problem with this one in your, your brain to yourself. And then, okay, well, as long as we're doing what we should do, what else do we want to accomplish? What else can we get done? What else can we check off? How about this? NC State, go to Louisville. Get Casey Morsell some easy ones. Draw up some plays for him. Some, uh, some, some blobs and some slobs. Right, that's my favorite acronym in sports. Blob, baseline, out of bounds. Blob, that's an inbound from under the basket. Slob, sideline, out of bounds. That's inbounds from the, the the sideline. Blobs and slobs, baby, all day. If you can get Casey Morsell some easy ones on some blobs and slobs, you do it. Now, normally, guess what the the uh, motivation is on a blob or a slob? I'm gonna say that as many times as I can. It's Call the play that you think is most likely to get an open jumper for somebody that's capable of knocking down the open jumper or the layup for somebody that's capable of making the layup. You're not thinking of individuals other than are they good or bad. I would go out of my way to make sure Casey Morsell is benefiting from those, if possible, because he's been on a little bit of a, a slow streak. Had some very low-scoring games, and, and even against UNC when he was in double figures, did not shoot a great percentage. So I'm, I'm looking at this as an opportunity Assuming you're taking care of business the way you should against a team like Louisville to manufacture some looks for him. You know what else I'm doing? And this is not punishment, but it's 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 got to be something they figure out better this year. I'm leaving DJ Burns out there for longer shifts. If you watch NC State, DJ Burns obviously starts the game. He's crowd favorite, one of their better, more effective players. I mean, he's he's a lot of times not making it to the first media timeout before he's coming out and getting a breather. I think I might, if you can afford to do it, right? And all of this goes into, like, if, if Louisville's knocking down shots early, you go back into ACC mode by any means necessary, win, win, win. But if, if you have the game in control and you're confident in your team's ability, I might tell DJ Burns, you're not coming out till six minutes in. Learn Learn to be effective and tired. You know what I mean? Because you're too important to the team. You need to be out there more than you are. I also want to experiment with this if I'm NC State. I want to experiment with with Dennis Parker Jr. being the number one option. I'm not saying, you know, turn the keys to the entire program over to him and say, Mm -hmm. I need you to score 22 a game. But, I like, give him a couple stretches where it's two or three minutes and you are running the offense through him. He's, He's a talent. He's a big dude. He's got he's got some something to him. And you know, listening to the broadcast, 
when you watch the games, the broadcasters seemingly every game are going, you know, they weren't sure Dennis Parker Jr. was going to work his way into the rotation this year, being a young guy with so much talent. But, and the after the but, it's just pure praise. They weren't sure he was going to be in the rotation this year with all of the depth of talent and incoming transfers. But he's a six-six guy that can knock down open jumpers. He can he can run. He can come off screens. He can play down low a little bit. It's like, well, then let's see what he's like if you you feature him a bit, right? In a normal game, I'm not sure I'm going like, let's see if the freshman can run the offense through him. But if you have it in control against a team like Louisville, you know, pique your curiosity a bit. Just, I want to see what that be like. See how he handles it. Just Exactly. And if nothing else, it's a learning experience for him, right? That's the film that's going to be the most valuable for him. So that's what I'm saying when I say it's a get-back game. It's an opportunity to kind of – you know, for my video game fans out there, like knock off some side quests. Yeah. Right. Go, go, go hit a mini game or two off to the side, get those done. So the, the, you know, cause most of the time you're playing the game, you're just focused on the main mission, the big game and, and all those sorts of things. What would, for my non-video game fans, oh. what's the equivalent of that? I don't, I don't, it, I don't know how, how that works for, you know, if you're sitting there going, I don't play video games. What's a side quest? I don't know how to help you. I guess just the, the the way I described it first, I guess, was mostly for you. You can do it that way. The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. Uh, let's move to Georgia Tech at number 11, Duke. Here's one that everybody can get. Uh, Duke, actually, I don't know if everybody can get this. Uh, I'll use a bunch of different examples. Uh, Duke should get their um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Gangs of New York on. They should get their Liam Neeson on. They should get their... Uh, uh, like revenge movie on, right? You, I mean, you know, you know how like a, a movie villain is made, right? Mm-hmm. You see the origin story. Something happens when they're uh, like a, a six-year-old. They see it happen, and then they spend the rest of their life trying to get revenge on the people that happened, right? That's that's the gangs in New York with with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Early in the uh, early in the movie. I mean, it's, it's, this movie came out decade ago, two decades ago, whatever it is. Can I spoil it? Spoiler alert. Yeah, it came out like 2000. If you haven't seen Gangs of New York, spoiler alert. Right? He saw Bill the Butcher. Saw uh, Daniel Day-Lewis do, do mess up his family pretty good early on in his life. Spent his whole life trying to get revenge. Uh, maybe not that dramatic, but close. Revenge is one of the best movie motivations. It's a good movie. That's why there's so many of them. Duke lost to Georgia Tech back on December 2nd. They play Georgia Tech this weekend at home. Duke is at home hosting the team that beat them back on December 2nd. Georgia Tech has not won any other ACC games. They lost to Florida State. They lost to Boston College. They lost to Notre Dame. But they decided to show up and ruin your day back on December 2nd. And it was a loss that made the doubters come out in full force for Duke. Losing to Arizona early in the year, nationally ranked. Not great, but fine, right? That was kind of the reaction. Rather, you won, but eh, it's fine. Losing to Arkansas, who at the time was was in the mix for national ranking and was your first true road game? Eh, not great, but fine. Losing to Georgia Tech, everyone went, that is not fine. This team is a concern. What is going on? The, the, the stat that I remember is uh, Duke had lost three games before Christmas in back-to-back years. For the first time since 1982-83, since that season. 
That's the one that that loss brought up. And the stat was before Christmas, and we were talking about it on December 2nd. That's what Georgia Tech did to you. You know what wasn't fun, I am sure? Answering all those questions. Every time in media, John Shire had to talk about, are you making big changes? We, on this show, we're talking about big changes, maybe rotational changes, maybe playing this guy more than that guy, switching up the starting lineup, all these things. That's not fun. It's not fun. Trust me, fans out there, it is not fun to be on a team when everybody is looking at you like you're underperforming. That stinks. It is not fun. And and Georgia Tech did that to Duke. Now, could you argue Duke did it to themselves? Yeah, absolutely you could. But how does that help Duke? <laughs> to wallow in self-pity. Why would we do that to us? It doesn't help. I'm sure it was frustrating. And you can blame Georgia Tech for that, and you can take your anger out on them tomorrow. Win by 40, right? Go out there with with an angry vengeance. The one thing that I I was worried about, and this is what I was talking about back during that loss or right after that loss to Georgia Tech, was their edge. Was their edge, was their edge, was their edge. Was there their sandpaper? I keep coming back to that. Was there their anger? Who on their team was going to get angry? And, uh, you know, since they've moved into this business-like attitude, which I like, seems to fit them, right? They go into games like it's a a go-no-go military exercise or something, and that's just a metaphor. I know it's not the military, Uh, but but they go into it like it's a mission that they need to complete, and and it's very business-like, and I like that, but I also think there's nothing wrong with a chip on your shoulder. There's nothing wrong with... You guys beat us. You made our life much worse for a week or two. And I want you to feel our wrath. It's part of the reason why I love conference games. It's part of the reason why I love smaller conferences. And I know they're all going to be gargantuan because realignment's driven by football. But I love when you play teams twice in the same year. I love when you get upset and you get to go through the handshakes and say, good game, good game. We'll see you again in our place next time. I love that. And Duke has the opportunity to live out that dream. I mean, I played football in college, right? You the, all, the best you could do is hope that you got really, really lucky and saw a team that beat you in the playoffs. That was the best you could hope for. There was never a guaranteed rematch. Duke has a guaranteed rematch with a team that beat him December 2nd. You had to watch that film. Right when John Shire was sitting in the front front of the room with the laser pointer and he was circling you for bad defense, you get to play that team again. You get to show you're better. So go show you're better.